Text anytime, 1-877-300-7275. Terry texting from Moose Jaw said, gas there is up a dime. Oh, man, probably coming here, too. And Regina, anyone noticed that yet? I have had several texters complaining of being uh, stuck in traffic on Ring Road. One said, uh, been behind a train, stalled on the tracks for 20 minutes plus now. Others wondering what's going on on Ring Road because they're further back and may not know that it's a train, apparently, holding up everyone. So uh, one eight seven seven three hundred seven two seven five. 300 Text any tips, and I'll uh, fire them off to everyone else here. Just play Toto there. They're coming to the Conexus Art Center next Tuesday night. And uh, 40 million albums sold worldwide and over a 5 billion stream. Uh, pardon me, over 1 billion streams on the song Africa alone. And uh, the rest of the music has had more than 5 billion streams on different platforms. They are still relevant after five decades, fronted by master guitarist Steve Lukather still and lead singer is Joseph Williams. It's one of the best bands of the world here next Tuesday, and Joseph is on the phone with me now. Thanks for being here, Joe. How, have you been through Saskatchewan before? I don't think so. I think most of the most of the performances, at least that I've done, you know, with Toto, have been in 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 you know the larger cities and maybe a few spots. It's funny when you're on the road, you you kind of lose track of of where you are sometimes. I mean, yeah. you know, unless it's the you know these the, the enormous cities like Los Angeles, New York. Dallas, you know, just speaking about the states, you know, Toronto, yeah. you you cut, sometimes can lose lose track. I mean, I lose track all the time of the date and also the day of the week. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> bizarre. We just go from one place to the next really quickly. Life of a rock star. Now, you've, you've played these songs so many times on stage, but does one in particular kind of stand out for you when you're on the stage? Well, it's listen, it's I guess a cliche at this point, but I mean, the, the big hits, are are always really fun to do because you get such a an enormously warm response from the audience and they love it and they're all in sync with each other and everything and that you can't help but be affected by that right. so you know for for sure i mean uh, you know africa is is you know a song a song that is just still popular to this day you know because of all the different people who have covered it and everything and and we get younger and younger audiences, and when we get to that song, it's just it's it's we all we all feel kind of giddy, you know, doing that. Yeah, I bet. Lead singer of Toto, Joseph Williams, my guest, uh, son of a very famous gentleman by the name of John Williams. Yes, the composer, conductor to uh, scores for Jaws, Star Wars. I got to ask, do, did you have any input on writing maybe the Star Wars theme, at least? Well, you know, not uh, other than just going, you know, encouraging him to, to keep doing it just because it was, you know, such a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, not really. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he definitely does all the heavy lifting when it comes to that. But I was fortunate enough to work for him and for George Lucas on a, on a couple of the Star Wars films back, back once back in the day on Return of the Jedi, and then twice on the um, on the prequel movies. Um, so I've been around. I've been allowed to sort of be around for for a lot of the recording and 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 that kind of stuff. And it's all it's insane privilege. I mean. You know, he's my dad is definitely my hero. It's, what he's accomplished is is um, it's just crazy. It's just off the chart. Well, your dad and you, Joe, uh, what accomplishments you've made with Toto is absolutely uh, incredible. Looking forward to your show next Tuesday night. This was a blast. Thank you for uh, taking the time. It's my pleasure. This was fun. Buddy, you're a boy, make a big knife, in the street, gonna be a big man.
Well, the Montana Spryers coming up on Friday. It kicks off with that free concert in the Briar Patch. Starring the Reclaws, Jamie Nye and the Green Zone are going to be there on location. And uh, the top curlers are coming to Regina, 18 teams in all. And uh, right now, the Brand Sanders is prepping the ice. The sheets are in. It's going to be fun. And uh, clearly, a lot is on the line here with uh, the World Men's Curling Championship in Switzerland this year. The winner of the Briar will go there. Mike McEwen skipping for Saskatchewan, hoping to break the Briar curse here in our province. We haven't won since 1980. And uh, it's going to be a fun opening draw Friday. Saskatchewan and defending champ Team Canada, led by Brad Gushu, are both going to be uh, hitting the ice on day one. And uh, one of my favorites, keeping an eye on uh, Ben Hebert from Regina, now living in Calgary. He's playing his 16th Briar with Team Alberta. And if you want tickets to draw five featuring Saskatchewan and Alberta, along with some VIP treatment, I have uh, taken three songs that have rock in the title. You see what I've done there with curling and the theme. Three songs with rock in the title. What are these songs? Oh, my darling. Oh, my baby. Sing it out now. One more time. Here comes. Oh, my darling. Oh, my baby. There you have it. one 877 If you know the songs and you share your name, I'll put you in the draw. Everyone who has it right, I'll randomly select someone to win the tickets uh, for uh, draw number five on Sunday and VIP treatment at Montana's Briar. And I'll get to that winner here shortly. By the way, uh, a moment ago, I was inviting text number 30 to win tickets to Toto. Dean Powell's here. We're uh, getting a hold of you. Dean, you won uh, the tickets to Toto. I will have more of those uh, tomorrow to award as well. Uh, Teachers, of course, announcing another one-day withdrawal of noon hour supervision on Friday. And there will be no noon hour supervision in five school divisions, including the Regina Public Schools today. Get all what you need to know at cjme.com. And plenty of text still coming in in regards to questions because you're probably too far back to know, but that is a train at Winnipeg on Ring Road that has really backed things up. So I suspect a few people might be late for work today. It really seems to be a, a big complaint right now on Ring Road as the train is just stalled there at Winnipeg. Might be a few people uh, late for work. I understand a train on Ring Road uh, by Winnipeg there has just stalled. And uh, last we checked here a few moments ago, people uh, still texting that, man, we're not moving at all. It is backed up big time in both directions because of that train across Ring Road. We'll uh, keep you posted. I'm sure you will too. one 7275 We appreciate your updates. I want to introduce you to uh, Caleb Watson, who took an epic journey paddling in his canoe 3,000 kilometers across the wilderness of the Northwest Territories, completely alone. And he'll share his story uh, in greater detail tonight at the Science Center at 7 o'clock, and you're invited to drop by. Uh, in advance, though, I thought I'd uh, welcome Caleb to the show now. Good morning, buddy. Welcome. 
Hey, thanks so much for having me, Greg. My pleasure. When did you leave, and how long did it take you to paddle 3,000 kilometers through the Northwest Territories? I left on May 18th, and I finished on September 16th, so it was a little over 120 days. Is that what you expected to do it in, or did you come in under or over? Uh, Definitely over. If I really wanted to, I probably could have maybe done it in 100 or so, but I I really wanted to kind of take my time and enjoy the journey. I bet it was a beautiful journey, but uh, why'd you do it? (laughs) Uh, This is something I touched in my presentation, because, yeah, it seems crazy, but... For me, there's a number of reasons. Uh, you really just get to experience nature, experience the wilderness, uh, the challenge. In a canoe trip, it's kind of like going back to live a simpler life, kind of connected to nature, and that's yeah, really uh, really liberating, I find. I bet it would be. Now, I enjoy uh, hopping in the car and having to drive a few hours on my own and uh, you know, left with my thoughts, but uh, you were gone a lot longer than that. How did it make you feel? Yeah, being alone was probably definitely one of the toughest challenges of the trip. But a, a lot of time for self-reflection, I can definitely say I learned a lot about myself and about life. And, and what was better in your journey, Caleb? Was it the scenery uh, or maybe you met the people? Uh, uh, I'm sure we're a big part of it, too. What was better? I'd say surprisingly, although I didn't meet many people out there, uh, meeting the people is probably one of the biggest takeaways of that trip for sure, The People up there were incredibly kind, and whenever I did come to a little remote community, I always quickly found somebody who was pretty much just willing to give me the shirt off their back to help me out. That's cool. Caleb Watson is my guest. He took an epic journey paddling 3,000 kilometers uh, through the Northwest Territories wilderness all alone, sharing a story tonight at the Science Center at 7. I love the pre-planning you did on your journey, too, which included mailing in advance what you might need uh, throughout certain spots you had mapped out. Tell me a bit about that. Obviously, it's a long journey, so you can't necessarily take all the food food you need at once or else you're going to be pretty heavy. So I would just, yeah, pack up Rubbermaids with dried food and just mail them via Canada Post to the couple of the remote communities along the way. Brilliant. Uh, for safety, you were tracked by GPS. Was there ever a moment, though, you thought, okay, I, I bit off a little more than I can chew and I need help now? I won't spoil it. If you come to the presentation, there was there was probably one time, and in, in, uh, one time was really, I guess when you go on a trip like this, you generally, there's always the risk, but you pretty much can always avoid it. But there was one time where I ended up in a set of rapids that was much larger than I originally thought it was, and I was quite worried. Were you ever attacked by a bear? Uh, thankfully, no. Okay, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> I just thought I checked. All right. What was the feeling like at the end of your journey, having paddled 3,000 kilometers uh, uh, through the Northwest Territories? Uh, tell me about the moment you crossed the finish line. Who was there? How did it unfold? Um, yeah, it was it was an incredible feeling to finish and kind of uh, accomplish a goal. But at the same time, it was definitely a mixed feeling because, you know, I was really loving that journey and it was pretty crazy for it to be finished after I'd been on it for so long. Uh, And did your parents, were were they backing you? Were they there when you finished or how did you finish? Yeah. So it's funny when I first left on this trip, my parents maybe thought I was a little crazy for doing this, but as I went, they kind of got more and more invested in it and uh, they actually met me at the finish. So it was really incredible to have my family there at the end. 
Well, I look uh, forward to inviting uh, as many as possible tonight to the Science Center because I know you'll have visuals and uh, go expand a little more on this. But uh, yeah. the most burning question I think a lot of my listeners have who love the great outdoors is, what mosquito repellent did you use up there? I actually did not take any bug spray. Come on. <laughs> Bugs were not a problem? Uh, the bugs can definitely be a problem, but I typically rely on either covering up all my skin or moving quickly. And that is why you could do it, but I could not. <laughs> oh, at least I wouldn't do it without a bug spray. Hey, Caleb, thank you so much for popping in this morning. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Lots of rumors swirling that the Eagles might be headed to Vegas to play the Sphere on a uh, regular basis, much like you, too. And if that comes to uh, fruition, it could be this fall that that happens. Yeah, that would be a good one. I'd go see the Eagles there. That looks pretty incredible, that place. Hey, if you uh, were listening earlier, I had mashed three songs that had the word rock in them. You know, Curling Rocks, Montana's Briar, Free Tickets. Uh, I played these. Oh, my darling. I thought that was pretty easy. Most of you got it. Rock me gently. Rock and roll all night and rocking me, baby. Uh, just needed the song titles. Anyone who got it right was put in the draw, and randomly I selected four winners. Uh, we're in touch with Greg Buzash, Kara Johnson, Jeff Weaver, and Kim Duncan are all uh, going to the Briar. I'll have more Briar tickets tomorrow as well. I dare anyone to watch the end of Monday night's daily show with uh, John Stewart, where uh, you're going to need a box of clinics. Normally, you know, he of course is always raising a lot of points when it comes to political stories. But at the end of the episode on Monday, he spoke of how he and his kids 12 years ago, uh, went to raise money for an animal shelter in New York City. And the plan was hatched then that the kids would bake cupcakes, sell them outside for the shelter. But lo and behold, they found a dog there who was at the time a one-ish-year-old brindle pit bull. And Stewart told the story about how his kids did this. They picked up the dog, but sadly, he just lost his pup. And he really broke down and near the end of the show. Dipper passed away yesterday. He was ready. He was tired. But I wasn't. And the family, we were all together. Thank goodness we were all with him. But boy, my wish for you is one day you find that dog, that one dog. It just is the best. Here's your moment to say. Who's got table? Who's it? Who's got table? As always, Dan, here's your moment of Zen, and it was a video of his dog uh, playing fetch in the backyard. And But that's the price we pay, right, for having a pooch, inevitably having to say goodbye. And uh, it is sad. I thought of all three of my dogs, all Shelties, uh, that I've had through my life when I watched that, too. Incidentally, the last Sheltie I had, uh, Jasper, when Jasper passed, my youngest, who is now 13, but very little, and... Uh, wanted to say goodbye the day it happened at our home and we let that happen and, and I, I know this is going to seem heartless but she's a kid at the time uh after saying goodbye 
She walks over to the chalkboard of things to do, and there it was, feed Jasper, and she wiped it off the chalkboard. I'll never forget that. I keep doing that. And uh, it, it seems funny now, but at the time, I'm like, what are you doing? The emotion. Uh, no, she had to wipe that off the chalkboard. Everyone reacts differently, but yeah, pretty cool moment from John Stewart. And uh, I think if you have ever had a pooch, you can relate to that.